on today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. But a lot of times when things like that happen to you, we internalize it as if it is our fault. Nobody else comes and tells you different. So you keep carrying that that narrative in your head and you're waiting. So that's why you keep carrying that traumatic experience with you. And, and every time you tell it to somebody, you're waiting for them to tell you it wasn't your fault. Yes. This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. The Tribe Vibe is a twist on Ladies' Night, focusing on self-care for Black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune into this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm so glad you all decided to join me tonight on this beautiful Wednesday evening. But what we're going to do right now, uh, I'm going to tell you our topic is Victim Olympics. So if you know anyone who's dr- dramatic, or maybe you have even been a dramatic person, we're going to talk about it. But right now, I'm going to play this intro first. All right, stay tuned. Hold on. This for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self esteem. Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting close to God, huh? Crunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti. Black girl magic, melanin popping. Whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. All right, we're back. All right, this is going to be a very good topic because it resonates. I know not just for just myself. I'm sure it resonates with you all too. So what I'm going to do is bring my lovely guest out of the waiting room. She may look familiar and she is one of our show favorites. Definitely one of my favorites. Erica. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing, Ursula? Good. How are you? Good. Back to be good. Good to be back in here with you. I know it, it feels so comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get into it. If you all have not seen, if you all have been under a rock, seen <laughs> Erica and myself, we have a dope uh, Instagram live that we do on most Saturdays, and it's called Healing Conversations. So mm-hmm. I challenge you all to go to Instagram and check it out. We're always going to post a flyer. But this is Erica. Tonight, this is Erica Warren of Dope Discussions Live. You mind telling us about Dope Discussions? 
Hey everybody, well, my name is Erica Warren. I am the co-host of the Dope Discussions Live podcast. We go live every Sunday, 6.30 Central Standard Time, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time with my co-host Gator Live. And it's a, it's a show of dope guests, dope topics, dope conversations uh, centered around dating, relationships, and mental health issues. Um, so we have guests, uh, we have licensed health, mental health professionals. We have mental health advocates such as Miss Ursula here. We have people who, um, you know, relationship coaches, uh, business coaches, entrepreneurs, just people who come on the show, different walks of life, but they can share some of their personal experiences with relationships and mental health and how those things are integrated and how our mental health affects our relationships. So y'all definitely want to tune in, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. This Sunday, we're going to be talking about being insecure in your relationship. Are you really insecure or is your partner making you feel that way? Oh, it's like a bunch of triggers right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be good. So yeah. like she said, make sure, subscribe, and I will drop her link. All right, tonight we are going to talk about Victim Olympics, the victim mentality, a victim mindset. Do you know Ooh. anyone who acts like a victim or wears it as a badge? I can think of a few people that pop up in my head um, automatically. And I can also remember a time when I myself um, played the victim in a lot of situations um, that I probably could have prevented uh, or that I could have cut a lot shorter. Um, you know, but playing the victim, sometimes we feel like it gives us the rewards of sympathy and attention, you know, from other people. But in the end, it's it's counterproductive. It is. It is. You know, before therapy, I would have never thought I was a victim. <laughs> I, I'm serious. You know, I started peeling back some layers. And I'm like, uh, Earth, you need to take some self-accountability for your part in a lot of Ooh. situations you've been in, relationships, friendships. I mean, I can go down the list. So Whenever I talk about drama queens, at one time I was quick to point out other people. But you know that old cliche saying, you point one finger at someone? Yeah, four pointing right back at you. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, while we're talking about it, I think I say this almost every other podcast is talking about the drama triangle. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. And as you know, victim is one of the points of a drama triangle. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Uh, what they call it, uh, throwing the rock and then hiding your hand. Ooh. A lot of people will create yeah. situations and then um, they will portray themselves as the victim in that situation in order to make the other person look like the villain. Story time. I was just triggered. You always seem to trigger these stories. When you say something, I get this this download. I'm going to tell you about my experience of being a victim, drama queen. So a long time ago, I was dating this man. And I may have mentioned this before. I was dating this man and he was was garbage. And deep inside, I knew it. But I... You know, he was fine. It was all the physical stuff, but he really was an asshole. Yeah. So <laughs> he ended up dying. And so, yes, he had cancer and he ended up dying. Wow. And, mm-hmm, and I remember he told me he actually lied about being in remission. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when we early on, when we started dating, he said that he was dating this woman, but she let him go because she didn't feel that she could be with someone who was ill. So in turn, he lied to me and said he was in remission. And 
about a year or so, he ended up dying from his cancer. Yeah. Exactly. So he so he lied to you because the other woman had told him she didn't want to be with anybody sick. Right. So he thought maybe you would reject him too. Exactly. Wow. And how I look at myself as, oh, you know, something in my heart was telling me, I don't think he is really in remission. But I kept dating him. To my point is, I didn't create the drama, but I definitely stepped inside of it. Yeah. Wow. I had to take responsibility. Like, I can't. Yeah, he he was an asshole, but. Yeah. You know, I had my part in it, too. So. I've been there, done that, uh, met someone who had a reputation of being a womanizer, but I thought I was going to be the one to change all of that. that. Why does that sound so familiar to me? Then when it happens to me, how could you do this to me? I've been so good to you. Girl, you ain't no different than the rest. Right. How dare you? How <laughs> yeah. dare you? It's me. That is nothing but ego talking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I look back on it now. I think to myself, how arrogant of you. Right. Right. I'm going to read something I found in this article. It was so thought provoking. The temporary state of self-pity However, is a drop in the bucket compared to what happens when we are dealing with someone with a full-blown victim identity. Mm. A person with a victim identity is someone who has identified with whatever crisis, traumas, illnesses, or mm, illnesses or other difficulties have occurred in their lives, particularly those that began early in life. They did this as a survival technique, and it's just better to go ahead and just realize that life is a long fight that you'll always lose so then rather than get your hopes up you might as well just win every now and then but hopes can be smashed and a person can be devastated by such dashing so why not just avoid the whole mess altogether and be a perpetual victim Ooh, sounds sounds so familiar to where a person's their 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 past traumas uh, or whatever tragic events have happened in their life that becomes so much a part of their identity yes. that everybody they meet will will get their whole life story on a platter so as to let you know these are all the things I've been through this is all the things that have happened to me so that's why I am the way I am and I'm just trying to let you know that up front. Mm. Whereas that's that's dysfunctional because everybody has a story of things that have happened to them, but it it depends on what you've learned from it, mm. um, yes. how you've grown from it. And, and you don't use it as a crutch. You don't use it as an excuse to not grow. You don't use it as an excuse to stay in the same place. You don't use it as an excuse. You use it as a propeller mm. to push you forward or to elevate you. You don't use it as, a, as an excuse to stay where you are and just have people feel sorry for you. Right. It's almost as if it's self-soothing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and nothing is good with stagnancy. You think about it. Um, everything flows. Energy flows. Mm -hmm. uh, this earth, it moves. Mm -hmm. Even when you uh, take the plug out the sink and you see all the water, it's moving. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you got to keep it moving. But the stagnancy, that's when things, people, I, uh, mindsets become stale and yeah. stagnant. You know, think about it. If you're in a woods and you see water in a creek, you're more prone to drink out, drink that as opposed to some stagnant, moldy, yeah. edgy, algae, however you pronounce it, filled. Yeah, you got bugs flying around it. Yeah, it's just and not And it's healthy. probably got a little smell to it. Exactly. It's just... It's it's it 
it signifies toxic because you feel like if I drink that water, I'm going to get sick. Yes. And that's what we do. We hold on to all of those, those tragic events and those traumas. And we just keep reinfesting ourselves with it, reliving it over and over again and, and shocking your system with that toxicity. Yeah. Oh, yes. And we have to be careful not to drink that water as well. Because mm-hmm. there, there's been times where mm-hmm. I step right into that drama triangle, being that victim and sipping the water and wondering why the heck the situation happened. Yeah. <sighs> yes. <Deep breath>. <laughs> <laughs> so you you sent me some good um some good visual aids of uh, uh, one of them is a good one. It's eleven signs of the victim mentality. Let's talk about it. I just pulled it up. And that number one right there, the blame game. Mm-hmm. It's their fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. Or if they wouldn't have done this, this wouldn't have happened to me. Or if you wouldn't have said this to me, then I wouldn't have had to do that. Right. Exactly. The constantly. So I'll read it. These are 11 signs of the victim mentality. And number one, they are constantly blaming other people or situations for feeling miserable. That goes back to the gentleman I dated. Ooh, I yeah. <laughs> and think about that when, when it's everybody else's fault, that means you have no say so in what happens to you. That means you have no power to change it. How helpless must that be to just go with the wind, to just go with the flow of whatever someone else feels like they can do to you to affect your day? Have you ever woke woke up and said, I'm not going to let anybody mess up my day, No, regardless of what someone says to me or what they do to me? I've made the decision that I'm going to have a good day. Mm -hmm. But if you're a victim you can you can wake up and say, I'm going to have a good day today. And the first person that does something to you or gets out of line with you or says something you don't like, you've let your whole day go. Yeah. Because of an outside source. Mm. How powerless is that? How weak is that? Extremely weak. Again, you triggered me to think of something. <laughs> I used to say this. <laughs> mm. Now that I'm thinking about it with my new mindset, this was actually an affirmation. I didn't know it was one. So I've had several bosses in the past. And I remember I always used to say first thing in the morning, oh, when they come in, I hope they had a good night because if they come in with a bad day, we all going to have a bad day. Mm -hmm. And I really meant that at the time. And you're right. Talk about giving up your power. So I'm being triggered off of someone else's trigger. Exactly. Oh. Yes. It's some anything and and it's it's not to say that as human beings our environment is always going to affect us and have an influence on us, mm-hmm. but we we cannot become victims to that because once you realize, even if you are in a in an environment or in a situation that's causing you conflict or causing you trouble in your life, mm-hmm. you still have a decision to remove yourself from that environment. Ooh. You do. But sometimes it's just easier, not saying it's right, but it's just easier just to give up. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, I've been there. It's yeah. At jobs that I hated, working with people that I couldn't stand, complaining every day, but wouldn't do nothing about it. Exactly. I remember at an old job I had, oh my God, we used to get in these powwows and just talk about our boss and complain and just (laughs) bitch and moan. And there was a new hire. And she was there maybe two weeks and she was sitting in on one of the formal, informal powwows we had. And then she said, well, why do you all still work here? 
I felt and, like this. I, right. I literally felt like this. I bet you you could hear a pin drop. Nobody even had an answer for that question. Nothing. It was quiet, literally for about a minute. And then the excuses started coming. Well, you know, not everything is perfect. So just might as well deal with it. She'll have a better day tomorrow. Ain't that what we do? We do that in every area of our life, even in our relationships. If you you have a girlfriend and you're complaining about the relationship you're in, you're telling her all these things this man has done to you. And when she asks you that one question, why are you still with him? Girl, because I love him and he ain't that bad and he do this though. Well, at least he ain't doing that and this. We will always try to rationalize why we stay in situations that we really don't want to be in. Not at all. Not at all. That's also part of that victim mentality. Exactly. I had read that it it's like a trauma response too. Yeah. What do you you think so too? I think it's 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 rooted in fear and it's rooted in um comfortable comfortability this is familiar at least i know what this is but i don't know what that is so what if that is worse than what i'm already dealing with so i'll just stay here and deal with this Mm -hmm. you know it's funny you said that because i have been in some relationships where again i knew i should have gotten out but subconsciously it was always familiar and it was reminiscent of the love, the tug, pull and push of quote unquote love. And that's how I was brought up. Yeah. You get yeah. it? It was familiar. Very familiar. And I had no idea. But my subconscious knew calling yep. all the shots, calling yep. all of them. All right. Let's get into number two. Uh, they possess... A life is against me philosophy. Woe is me. Why me? I take two steps forward and I'm not getting out three steps back. What's the use in even trying? It ain't gonna work. They have a they have a problem for every solution. Yes. <laughs> Won't try nothing. No. And it's exhausting. It, it Yeah, it gets exhausting because, you know, when you when you care about someone and they express to you that they're they're in discomfort, they're in pain, they don't want to be in a situation that they're in. Mm. You can, you know, even even the most patient person, you can only listen to that for so long. You can be a listening ear. You can be a confidant. You can be, you know, just there for them, but for only so long. Yes. Yes. For only so long until it's like, okay, now we know what it is. Now, what can we do about it? And if you if you're not if you're not interested in because that's what we have learned, that our emotions and the things that we feel, all of that is is indicators and information that if you're if you're angry, that means there's something's wrong and you need to figure out what that's indicating to you. If you're sad, that means something's out of order, something is out of balance. Mm-hmm. What, let's get to the root of that so you don't have to feel that way all the time. But when you get comfortable in your misery, Oof. you're not really looking for solutions. You're looking for people to help to join you in that and comfort you in that and validate you and tell you that it's OK to feel the way you feel. And it and you do need that you do need that certain element where someone tells you I understand how you feel, and it's okay for you to feel that way, but it's not okay for you to stay there. That goes back to the stagnancy. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Um, let me read this because you spoke about the root. What is the root of a victim mentality? And one of the few things I read, it says, it's at its core, a victim mindset is rooted in trauma, distress, and pain most of the time. When you experience a traumatic situation, typically at the hands of other people, it goes at external, you may learn that you are helpless and that nothing you do in the future is going to make any difference. Ooh. People who have a victim mentality have often suffered uh, through hard times or trauma, but it, they haven't been able to develop a healthier way to cope. So as a result, they develop a negative view of life, woe is me, where they feel that they do not have any control over what happens to them. So that's good. So what I, what I, something just popped in my head when you were reading that, what I understand from that is that when something traumatic happens to you, that is not your fault. Mm. Most people get stuck in that part because when when something happens to you that was unexpected or it was out of your hands, you had nothing to do with it. It happened to you. They're waiting for someone to acknowledge and validate. Yes. I, I know that happened to you. It wasn't your fault. But a lot of times when things like that happen to you, we internalize it as if it is our fault. Nobody else comes and tells you different. So you keep carrying that that narrative in your head and you're waiting. So that's why you keep carrying that traumatic experience with you. And, and every time you tell it to somebody, you're waiting for them to tell you it wasn't your fault. Yes. And if nobody ever tells you that, you just keep carrying it with you. You keep carrying it forward until somebody acknowledges to you that it wasn't your fault. Mm -hmm. But like they're saying, there's a saying that the trauma wasn't your fault, but the healing is your responsibility. responsibility. Because Say you're it. not helping anybody. You're not hurting the person who hurt you by holding on to the trauma. And you're not helping yourself either by holding on to it. You want that validation that it happened and that it wasn't your fault, but you have to be the one to tell yourself that sometimes. Yes. Sometimes there's not ever going to be anybody to come into your life and tell you that wasn't your fault. You have to tell yourself that. You do. Because then you'll, you're relying on external factors with something that you can do internally. Matter of fact, this just happened <laughs> about six hours ago. I was talking to someone, which I'll tell you after this. Okay. And I had a, they asked me a question about something that happened to me in my past, just growing up. And they already knew. And he asked, well, did they apologize? I said, no. He said, oh, I said, no. I said, where my mindset is right now, I don't need their apology. Right. I used to be like that. Now, don't I don't want anyone listening, thinking how I always had all my shift together. Right. No, I had a bunch of shit going on. But my <laughs> shift wasn't together. And I looked for that apology. And what it did was nothing but keep me emotionally stuck. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember my therapist asked me, well, how does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. So one, because I was taught from early on to stuff my feelings down. I didn't even know. I didn't have the language. What was yeah. emotions, feelings, what? Yeah. <laughs> and when um I finally opened up and I thought about it, and I said, you know what? It makes me feel like literally I feel like I'm driving a car and I cannot get over a speed bump. Mm -hmm. And that speed bump was an emotional uh, blockage. Yep. And I just kept saying, I just don't know how to get over it. Anyways, that was one of the things we worked on when I was in therapy. So now present day, 
I, when I answered the person's question, like, no, I didn't need their apology. They, they know what they did. And if they did or didn't, that's on them. I don't mm -hmm. need that. You know, and I had to work on that through therapy about validating myself internally, because when I did it, I was still subconsciously doing that. And it looked like uh, relationships that I was attracting. Yeah. Well, you know, right now, even if it's for six months, they're validating me externally. And but they were all it was emotionally dead. Man, when we wait for when we wait for that that outside um, apology that we sometimes never get, you just staying stuck in time, and what it what it does, you start to become bitter, you start to become disillusioned with with life and relationships, um, you just have a negative outlook on on people in general, um, just waiting. That person is going on with their life exactly. and you're stuck. You have to come to your own rescue. Sometimes yes. you have to give yourself permission to let things go. And we say it all the time and now it starts to sound cliche, but forgiveness is not for the other person. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness on being Holding a grudge and being unforgiven, being um, stuck in an unforgiveness is like drinking the poison and waiting for that other person to die. Exactly. And it's like being in a in a prison cell and you're the only one locked up. Maybe. And not even knowing it's, it's it's like you're in a prison cell. You're locked in there. You're waiting for somebody to come and get you out, but you had the key in your pocket the whole time. Oh, girl, yes, that is so good. You're waiting for somebody else to unlock the door while you're sitting there with the key in your pocket. And sometimes that key will be right in our hand, but mm -hmm. we don't want to use the key, even if mm -hmm. we're looking at it, because we mm -hmm. don't know what's on the other side of that door. Mm-hmm. And then we've become so tied to that because we feel like we have to make that other person pay. It's not your job to make that person pay for whatever it is they did. It's your job to release yourself from it. Yes. Because a lot of times we get stuck in the mindset of I want them to feel the pain that I felt. I want them to uh, acknowledge and understand what they've done to me. That's that's them. You can't you got to worry about you because please believe nobody goes through this life unscathed. You can go and do a whole mm. bunch of stuff to people and you probably look on the outside looking in and you think that they're not suffering from what they've done to you. They got their own internal demons they got to deal with. Oh, and it's not for us to make that decision when their chickens come home to roost, when they when they're going to get their karma. That's not on you, because while you worrying about them getting their karma, you're not dealing with your stuff. I'm laughing because that used to be a running joke at one of my places of employment a long time ago. And I was like, I just want this to get what's good. I was trying to accelerate the process. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking of karma, have you ever been able to witness someone get their karma? But had did nothing at your hands that is something that they did and they came back? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had I've had people to actually do me wrong and have to come back to me. And like, mm, yeah, God really can't be this good, can he? <laughs> Girl, yeah. But yes. that's when you know that you heal when you have the opportunity to do somebody the same thing that they did to you and you don't even have the desire to do it. What you yes. do is you feel, you probably... I've I've actually felt sorry for for people who 
this one per one person in particular from my past, we had a friendship. And when our friendship, when I decided that I could not long, no longer be friends with this person, um, you know, some things, some things happened to them in their life, but I really didn't care either mm-hmm. way it goes. You know how you hear things in the wind and people tell you certain things. You're like, okay, well, I don't, yeah. I don't really care. She ain't in my life no more. Exactly. But it's just, it, you know, you, 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 you have to re- let, let all the chips fall where they may. And just make sure you you're good. Make exactly. sure you're you're healing, you're elevating, and you're not being held back by some things in your in your past. But I did I I can admit I held some bitterness toward her for many many years. Mm, I can imagine, and that leads me to think about a past episode. So everyone listening, you'll have to go back to the first episode of 2022. I had the lovely Erica on and our topic was letting things go in 2022. So you'll have to go back and listen to it. A lot of gems were being dropped. All right, let's get into a few more before we run out of time. You know, I can talk to you all night. (laughs) I let you get, uh, where are we going? Number three, we'll keep it moving. Number three, they think others are purposely trying to hurt them. Yeah, always somebody out to get them. Mm. Number four, they are cynical or pessimistic. Mm, you touched on that already about the having a problem for every solution. Mm-hmm. Number five, they feel powerless to change their circumstances. We talked about that, mm-hmm. how when you, you blame everybody else. It's never your fault, so you don't take any any ownership of changing your circumstances because you feel like everything has happened to you. Mm-hmm. Number six, they enjoy sharing their tragic stories with other people. Oh, Ooh, girl. Oh, oh that's, that's why a you big just, one. It is. It's huge. And that's why I need you to stay on after briefly. So I can tell you, give you an update. And that one there, <laughs> I don't even I don't even think they realize no. the impact of that because when you when you drop things like that on somebody and they don't know how to process it, then that starts to alienate people because if you don't have a if you don't have a filter of what's appropriate to share at appropriate times and appropriate people that alienates people because they feel like, Oh Lord, here he come. What are you finna tell me about his life next? Too much. You know, that saying TMI too much information. Absolutely. I that don't goes- want to know all of that. The, oh, well, they don't realize it because it is self-soothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's the discharge, the emotional dumping. It's and a I transfer. It is a transfer. And oh, and you know the situation I'm talking about with emotional dumping. Mm-hmm. And I had that aha moment like, oh my God, I'm talking about this person, what they do. Now I'm emotionally dumping on Erica. <laughs> it's it, it, it like it's a transfer. It's it a is. transfer of energy. When you understand how that stuff works, they drunk that heaviness on you and now you're carrying it around and you don't know how to get it off of you. It's literally like carrying a backpack. I saw a meme and it was mm-hmm. a person standing up looking so solemn and they had a backpack mm-hmm. and it was a huge backpack and only one word was written and um, I think it said uh, victimhood and then mm. under it said are you going to carry your baggage, your backpack of victimhood, or are you going to let it go? Are you going to put it down and walk straight up now because you have that weight off of you mm. and you can go forward? Mm. <sighs> yeah. Let's get to number seven. Number seven, they have a habit of blaming, attacking, and accusing those they love for how they feel. Sounds that. like my parents. 
<laughs> yeah, that and 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 that goes back to the being powerless over your own feelings. Mm-hmm. You made me feel that way, or you made me do that, or you made me say that. Mm-hmm. And you have to be careful, people listening. If you if you utter those words out of your mouth and you tell another person that they made you do something and I made you say something, be careful of how much power you're giving to someone because that person can also have ill intentions and they may see that as a way to be able to manipulate you into (laughs) acting and reacting and doing things that they would like you to do. So be careful in telling people what they can make you do. Exactly. Mm. What's the next one? Number eight. They are constantly putting themselves down. That one is also one uh, that comes under the umbrella of emotional dumping because what they're doing is fishing for validation. They will they will put themselves down. They will insult themselves in order to get you to jump in there and save them and say, no, you're not this or you're not that or I see this in you and I see that in you. That can be also emotionally exhausting for a person who is trying to be encouraging to you, is trying to uh, lift you up into a more positive mindset, but you never accept it. And you always find something else negative to say or uh, uh, another thing to put yourself down Eventually, that person was like, "Okay, if that's what you believe about yourself, I, I can't change your mind." Right? It's fun. okay. <laughs> I preparing for this show. I read an article. I forgot the institution, but they did research on people who have suffered trauma, big T or little T trauma, and <clears throat> they did a, a clinical psychological research. And there was a bunch of questions that they asked. Do you know one of the main phrases that they heard in their research were that the person who whether they self-identified or they someone deemed them as a victim having a victimhood mentality that their favorite saying or their go-to is so say i'm telling you that you tell me something and i you're telling me a problem and i'm giving you a solution and then your next phrase would be yeah but yeah but yeah, but, and they said that ran across the entire study. Wow. Yeah, but, and they said as someone who is trying to give the solution, they said, and I loved it because they said the best thing to say is, okay, punto, that's it. Leave it alone. Leave it alone because anything else you're being baited, you are you are literally taking the bait and then that goes back to the drama triangle because then you'll be the rescuer. Yep. Then when you're pissed off, then you'll go and talk to your friends about it. Then you become the persecutor. Yep. (laughs) They will bait you in, honey. And if you're a, if you're a empathic person and, and you feel for other people on a deep level and you, you like to see people um, feel better. You know, you, you like to see people, um, you know, move from a negative headspace to a positive headspace. You like to uplift people and encourage people. You can, you can easily fall into a trap like that. Oh yes. Man. Because you have that mindset of you want to save people. You want to you know, if you're a positive person, you want to impart that positivity into other people mm-hmm. and you can fall into that trap. And a lot of times you don't realize it until you're deep in it. And other people on the outside telling you that, that person is never going to, they're never going to change. They're never going to feed into what you're telling them. They're, they're feeding off of you pouring into them so that they can bring up another situation that they can get more energy out of you. They're draining you. Energy vampires. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay, I'll get to number nine. They believe they are the only ones being targeted for mistreatment. Mm -hmm. Why me? Woe Mm -hmm. is me. 
Yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, let's see. They refuse to analyze their beliefs or improve their life. And what I'm reading, that goes back to the stagnancy. And yeah. that also comes with the emotional intelligence on where you are on that scale. Yeah. And that's if you even want to improve your life. That's even if you want to. Yeah. Or you just peel some of those layers of the onion back. But some people are fine with that. But nothing comes from there's no growth whatsoever. And the last sign of a victim mentality is even when things go right, they find something to complain about. Exactly. And that can be so emotionally draining. You if you if you meet a person who. They ask for advice, they ask for solutions. And then when you offer advice or solutions, they pick it apart or they they show you all of the ways that could go wrong. Yes. Or. You know, when when you are when you're telling them or you're challenging some of their beliefs or some of their patterns or some of their behaviors and you're telling giving them an alternate route to take or alternate way to think or alternate way to believe. And they always find something wrong with that. Leave that alone. Yeah. Leave that alone because you you can you can meet you can only meet somebody where they are and 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 they have to be open and 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 available to receive what you're giving them. Even people who ask you for advice you can they can still not be ready to receive it right i've had people to actually ask me something and ask me what my opinion was and ask me what my advice on the situation and i give it to them and then they reject my i didn't offer this <laughs> i didn't really i really didn't even want to get involved in this but you asked me <laughs> And now you're mad at me because I didn't say what you wanted me to say. Now, you if you, if you wanted me to, yeah, if you wanted me to validate the bad behaviors and the bad decisions that you're already making, say that up front, so I can go ahead and tell you, no, I'm not going to validate that. But don't bake me in and ask me what I think, and then I guess you were hoping and praying and you had your fingers crossed that I was going to tell you to do what you wanted to do anyway. But when I said do something different than what you already wanted to do, now, now, now you, you don't want to hear me. <laughs> and, and you're like, can't hear you, can't hear you. <laughs> Sounds so familiar. So we spent um, the meat of this uh, podcast talking about different signs. But I like polarity and I also like if there's some negative, let's deal with some positive. So now we're going to talk about the nine hacks to overcome the victim mentality. Yes. This is my favorite part. I love solutions because we could talk about problems all day long, but it's the solutions for me. We got to tell you how to fix it. Yes. So here are nine hacks on how to stop victimizing yourself. One, you can practice positive self-talk. And mm -hmm. just to piggyback on our last slide about how you always seem to say about yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I've caught myself saying this a long time ago. Just, and it'll be something small like, yeah, my fat ass couldn't do... You know, get up this step. Yeah, it's something small, but those are affirmations. But practicing yeah. positive self-talk can definitely counteract that. You want to take the second one? Yes. And and when you said practice for people listening, practice means continuously doing it over yeah. and over again. Because because when you do something new, when you start a new habit. It feels weird. It feels uncomfortable at first. You have to keep doing it mm -hmm. until it feels normal and natural. 
And then what your subconscious mind will start to do is absorb those positive affirmations. Yes. That's going to become your internal voice. (laughs) And for people who it may be challenging for them at first, I'm going to give a little hack what I have done. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me just switch this. So in the beginning, because I had such a negative mindset, which I didn't realize that I had, Mm -hmm. I would go to sleep. First of all, I don't have a TV in my room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been over 20 years. So I said, well, I have a laptop. So I went on YouTube and there's several videos, audios about positive uh, affirmation, self-love. So I will play that and it would be in my subconscious. Mm -hmm. And then it just started happening naturally. So that's just a little... A little hack also, if you are wondering if it may be a little too challenging at first. And if it is challenging, that's okay. There's always room for improvement. No one's perfect. What I did was I recorded myself on my phone. I recorded myself saying the affirmations. And then I would just play them back to myself out loud in my car when I'm driving. I would just play them. Mm Mm-hmm. Number and, two, yes. Oh, we remind did yourself of your options and choices. Yes. Yeah. Think of think of think of options. Think of things. Think of alternatives that you can do, and not what you cannot do. Right. Remove that cannot from your vocabulary. What can you do? Mm-hmm. What are some other options? And doing that, practicing gratitude, that mm. would be a good hack right there. If you you just cannot find something, just the simple fact that you can read, say, hey, thank you, Jesus, or whoever your source vortex is, whoever it is, thank you for letting me have some vision. Yeah. That's I, <laughs> one thing that... It's it's real simple to me. It may not mean nothing to anybody else, but every morning when I get up, I'm thankful to be able to get up and just turn on the lights in my house, open up my windows, um, turn on my TV if I want to, because I remember a time when I couldn't do that. I remember a time when I couldn't keep my lights on. I remember a time when I couldn't pay my bills. Mm -hmm. So little simple things like that, that I don't worry about anymore. I'm grateful for that stuff because I still remember when I didn't have. Exactly. Sometimes we get so complacent. We forget about those things and Mm -hmm. that's huge. Shelter Mm -hmm. is huge. Mm -hmm. All right. Number three set healthy boundaries and create a game plan to maintain them. And that goes back to what we talked about earlier. Um, When I read that, I thought about creating healthy boundaries, but creating emotionally healthy boundaries. Yeah. And the thing about creating boundaries is that if you've never done it before, you're not going to be good at it at first. And that's okay. It sure is. Another thing about that is, when you set new boundaries for your relationships, don't get frustrated when the people around you um, sometimes forget your boundaries because you have to read them. You have to reinforce them until everybody's comfortable with them. Because if you're setting a new boundary that you yourself is are getting used to. Mm-hmm. The people around you are also getting used to it. And so they're not living inside your head. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to allow them grace to yes. give them an adjustment period. Yeah, I love that. The mm-hmm. grace. It's the grace for me. <laughs> All right. Take time to grieve what you've lost. Oh, that's a big one. I'm going through that right now. And it's, yeah. it's good and it's big, it's huge. And I really think it's really big because so many people pass over that. Mm-hmm. I, I talked about this when 
when um, when I was creating my program for helping women um, get over a breakup of a relationship. We live in a society where we want to we want to be OK right now. Mm, the microwave society. Mm -hmm. I, if I break up with him tomorrow, I want to feel good about it today. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to cry about it. I, I don't want to, I don't want any downtime. I just want to feel better right now. And yeah. that's, that's not hum, humanly possible. That's not the human condition. When we lose, when we lose something or when a, a season in our life comes to an end, when a relationship comes to an end, when a person in our life dies, anything like that, any kind of major adjustment, even if you move to a new job, even if you didn't get fired from that job, you decided to go to another job. Mm -hmm. You're still leaving something behind that you were attached to. So you can grieve that old job. You can grieve those old co-workers. You, you have to grieve everything that you're leaving behind for something new. But our society, we want to push people to be okay too fast. And Someone we gloss over that grieving process. Yeah, you, we're detaching from our emotions. Mm -hmm. Just keep it moving. Keep it it's moving. It's okay. It's okay to grieve. I had to learn that too. I, I and yeah, and I would compare my grieving. Ooh, I would compare my grieving to other people. But little did I know those people were detached from their own emotions. Mm -hmm. Where is the growth in that? Oh boy. All right. As we wind down, let's see. Mm, I love this. Nurture your inner child. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be your, you have to be, if you didn't have the parents you wanted growing up, you can become that parent for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I remember listening to the Mary J. Blige documentary when she was talking about how she, she loves on the little Mary yeah, and she gives little Mary everything she didn't get when she was a kid, mm -hmm. and she protects her. And that's the only way you're going to be able to move forward away from the childhood traumas and 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 the things you feel like you did not get mm -hmm. is to give yourself permission to to give yourself those things. Girl, I just got the chills over me because that's one of the words that Sarita used in our group therapy last night was giving yourself permission, mm -hmm. giving your inner child, your little, whoever you, whatever you call your inner child, give them permission. Mm -hmm. Unlock them, let them out of that cage that's been locked in. They've been locked away for so long. I, I locked mine away at the age of nine. And I said, I didn't need anybody and I'm never going to let anybody hurt me or disappoint me again. And I locked that little girl away. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. That was a word right there. All right. Release self-judgment and self-criticism. And that takes us back to number one. Of yeah. Positive self-talk. Yeah. Those little, those little nuances, you know, my fat ass, my dumb, I'm so dumb. All of that. Stop all of that. Stop it. Stop it. Retrain Make that inner voice. And I, when we, I think me and you talked about this on one show we were on together. Um, when you have that negative voice in your head, mm. sometimes it does you a bit of good to just sit down and trace back where that negative voice originated from. The root. Who was the first person who ever told you you was ugly or you was fat? Who was that person? Are they a valid person in your life today? Are they a, are they, were they a valid person in your life back then? Because as you've grown and you look back, you realize that person's voice where was that coming from? Was it coming from pain? Were they trying to inflict pain on you because they were in pain? Deflecting. Were they jealous of, 
Right. Were they jealous of you? It came from a bad source. It's not valid. Mm -hmm. So why are you still letting that voice play in your head? Exactly. That goes back to what I said earlier, being triggered off of someone else's trigger. Mm -hmm. I'll let you uh, take us to the end on these work, hacks. Work on letting go of bitterness, anger, and hostility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because all of that stuff, it just make you, it make you look ugly and it make you age. <laughs> <laughs> You can look at a person and see bitterness and anger Ooh. all over them and be like, oh, she got an right. ugly spirit. Exactly. Actually, you skip number eight. That'll be our last one. Take responsibility for your role, positive or negative in your life situations. Ooh, that was that was a mic drop moment for me when I started taking my own responsibility, when I started mm -hmm. looking at myself. And the role that I played in all of those situations. Yes. I wasn't even mad at people anymore. The people that I was holding grudges against and I was being bitter against. I wasn't mad at them anymore because when I look back, I realized I participated in it. I ignored a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I made myself the victim in situations. Um, I thought I could change people. Ooh. Ooh. And I was just really silly. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgive myself for being silly. <laughs> As you know, sometimes that is a hard pill to swallow. At least it was a hard pill for me because, uh, yeah, it was a hard pill because I thought I was being the quote unquote perfect girlfriend. Mm -hmm. But in reality, I was just manipulating. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, subconsciously, maybe consciously, I don't know. No, subconsciously, I was. That wasn't my intentions to manipulate, but right. that was the motive because I wanted someone to love me right. by any means necessary. And you don't even realize that it's manipulation. It's just, it I'm hungry for something. And I need it from you. Right. As opposed to giving it, getting it from myself. Yeah. I have siphoned it off of someone else who has a broken consciousness. Yep. <laughs> anyway, this was good. This was some good stuff. It's always a pleasure yes, to talk to you, Erica. You know, I always learn every time I talk to you, I learn something. And that's, you know, when you, when a person works on their own self-awareness and you attract good to you. Yeah. So yeah, I see you as that person. Some dope stuff. Yes. We bounce you, off of each other. Yes. Truly learning off of each other and bouncing. So can you tell everybody about where they can find you and um, your social media handles, everything? Yes. So go follow us on um, Instagram at dope discussions underscore pod. Um, you'll get all um, updates about upcoming episodes, topics. Um, you'll get highlights of some of our past episodes. Um, go to our YouTube channel and type in Dope Discussions Live and look for the purple lips. Yeah. And go ahead and subscribe so you can meet us every Sunday, 630 Central Standard Time. We would love to have you in the live chat room giving us some of your um, opinions and um, feedback on our topics. We will make you a part of the show. You can add value to the conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell everyone again what the topic will be? The topic of this Sunday coming up is, am I insecure or is my partner making me feel that way? Ooh. So we're going to be talking, we're going to be highlighting the differences between a person who's dealing with their own internal insecurities and bringing them into the relationship 
Mm-hmm. Or are you in a relationship where your partner is just not securing you? Oh, that's going to be some good stuff. You know, I'm going to tune in. Yeah. Definitely. Everyone, please see there. It says, please subscribe to the channel. You see where that arrow is pointing? It's that little box that says subscribe. Click on that box. Subscribe to the channel. Make sure you click the bell for the notifications. Make sure you go to Erica's page as well. Uh, oh, let me drop your <clears throat> your Instagram, your live link in the chat right now. Okay. And I want everyone to follow Erica and definitely subscribe to her channel too. You will get a lot of good nuggets. There we go. That's the live link. That's what I was trying to do. Yay. Thank you. Here we go. Any parting words? Um, just being a victim is not where it's at. That's all I can say. Being a victim, take your power back and take your choices back. And don't allow anybody else to have power over, over your direction in your life, yeah. how you feel about yourself, you know. Just take your power back. Yeah, we we have we are our own superpower hero, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you always have a choice. Always, always. Again, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure and tune in next Wednesday, and I'll post what the next topic will be on our social media. Have a good evening. Thank you so much again, Erica. I appreciate You're welcome. you. Have good a good night, night everybody. For the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams, get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure, you got to love a black girl getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, man, these black girls are getting a shift together, these black Thank you for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all.